Welcome to Dietitian Boss. I'm Libby Rothschild, your host and fellow dietitian. I'm a coach to my fellow female colleagues all around the world. I help you get leads and turn prospective clients into paying customers using online marketing and social media strategies that focus on sales. Welcome my guest, Amanda Sestita. She's a registered dietitian nutritionist with a background in intuitive eating and gut health. Amanda helps women with digestive problems find foods they love that don't make them run to the bathroom or feel bloated all day. Amanda has also recently become Reiki certified. She quickly realized that gut health is more than just the food we eat, but also the time and attention we give to our gut feelings. Amanda currently has a private practice in Long Beach, California, where she is able to work one-on-one with clients in her signature 90-day gut reset program and soon-to-be Reiki services. You can find her on Instagram at guthealth.nutritionist. Hello, and welcome to today's episode. Hi, thanks for having me, Libby. I'm so excited to be able to chat more, share your story, and just a wealth of knowledge that you have to, to share with the audience and inspiration. Yeah, it's always fun to talk and obviously a big fan of your podcast and big fan of you. So I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Before we get started here, I just want to make sure that everybody knows where to find Amanda. So if you could just plug like your Instagram handle, website, all of the appropriate major platforms, just so that everybody can feel inspired and and say hello to you after they listen to this episode. Yeah, I love DMs. So send me a DM on Instagram and you can find me at guthealth.nutritionist. And then um, my website is my name. So it's amandasalcida.com. But Instagram is our most active. So yeah, send me a DM. Great. Love that call to action. Wonderful. <laughs> Any, anything from that intro there, uh, the, the, just the quick bio about what you do that you want to expand more about before we get started here? Anything you think the listeners need to know? Oh, there's a lot of things I guess I could talk about. <laughs> there's, so, there's so many things I could talk about, like how I got to kind of where I currently am. Uh, you know, I think it's for me lately, it's the blending of the intuitive mindfulness with the gut health pieces and knowing that when people come to see you, it's not just like one issue. And so I think having different types of education in my background has been really helpful for me because everyone is so multifaceted. So I think that's like the easiest way (laughs) to talk about it. Yeah, so I can't wait to, to dig a little bit more into that. So I guess we'll, we'll get started if you could just let us know a little bit about your process. You know, you have such a clear brand message. If you could tell the audience your process of niching down and a little bit more about your business, as you just alluded to with <laughs> mindful and intuitive and Reiki uh, yeah. with gut health. Yeah, so I think I got into gut health quite early on once I became a dietitian and a lot of it had to do with my own gut health issues and then family members having gut health issues. And I was still a student in undergrad when I had discovered LEAP. And that was my first kind of entrance into finding foods that work for people's digestion and finding foods that make them run to the bathroom or get constipated. And so, yeah, that was my first like introduction. And then in undergrad, we they're really big too on mindful and intuitive eating. So I got a lot of that in my undergraduate education, which was really cool. So that was like the blend and then, you know, having your own gut issues. And I think that's where a lot of us start, you know, having something happen to us or 
you know, some type of concern that a family member might have and you want to help them out and you kind of, that's your entrance into the things. So niching down was difficult, <laughs> even though, even though I knew gut health was something I was really interested in. I think many of us are so multi-passionate, you know, with different things that we absolutely love. And so it was somewhat difficult to really niche down into gut health specifically. So a lot of the niching down process was thanks to you. When I was working with you, I was definitely at a crossroads. At the time, I wasn't sure how intuitive and mindful eating could even show up with like gut health and with leap, which was what I was doing when I had met you like a year ago, almost. Yep. Yeah. And I didn't know who to speak to. I kind of had two people that I was speaking to. And so niching down with you and figuring out, okay, no, you have to speak to one person or you're, you know, you have to speak to one person or you're speaking to nobody. Right. And that was something that was easier said than done for me. And I'm sure it's with a lot of people because you just want to talk about all these things that you think are so cool. So that's working with you is a big process of me niching down. And I will say for everybody out there, there's not necessarily a right or wrong way to approach it. I think people get so paralyzed by all the things that you just have to do something. Doing something yes. is better than nothing when it comes to niching down, trying things, knowing it's going to fail, not knowing it's going to fail, but reframing it to knowing that's not the route you want to take. Really insightful. And I want to mention a couple follow-up questions to what you just said. For those of you listening who don't know what LEAP is, uh, would you mind explaining that, Amanda? I do feel like, at least with me, I I know what LEAP is, but it's still a little bit of a foreign concept. Could you just educate those listening about what that means? Yeah, so I'm a certified LEAP therapist. And so what LEAP is, and this is how I kind of explain it to my clients. Okay, have you ever like gone out to the fair and you had tons of food and you're just enjoying your life and then you come home later that day or the next day and your stomach is like ugh, like you know but you know it was because you went to the fair and you had like the deep fried oreo or something like that and all you know all of those things okay now imagine having like feeling your stomach like hurting or constipated or diarrhea but you never went to the fair and you never know what food was the thing that made your stomach feel that way that's what I do. And I think that's kind of what LEAP helps people figure it out. LEAP uses MRT, which is mediator release testing to identify food sensitivities. And then I help guide people through a personalized elimination diet so that they can uncover like how food affects their digestion, which now in retrospect is like, it's totally mindful and intuitive eating, learning to listen to their body. And then I reintroduce foods back in, which I think is a common misconception with LEAP is that we don't, we just restrict people. No, like my goal for my client is to go back to the fair and be able to, you know, eat all the foods they want and and be okay. So it's a personalized elimination diet using food sensitivity testing. Yeah. And about that, how common, how many leap therapists are there? Is that, because that is a a niche within a niche within a niche, right? (laughs) It kind of is. You're right. I actually don't know how many there are. I know it's become a lot more widespread now. Yeah. So you'll find it almost everywhere now in different states of people doing uh, LEAP. So it's a lot more common now. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. I feel that it's, 
it is an aspect and a category within what you do and it's uh, really interesting. And so I, I appreciate how you explained it and um, give the example about going to a fair and then how would you feel if you felt that those you know, symptoms from it, but you didn't have those deep fried Oreos. I think that's a really helpful way to explain it. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Just because maybe it's like fair season since it was summer, not that long ago. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that's relevant. That's relevant. <laughs> So I was wondering if you could reflect a little bit because one unique thing about, well, you, is some people will start the process on Instagram and in their brand having no idea what their niche is. Mm -hmm. And I feel that you've always been gravitated, like you said, you, you know, an early adopter to gut health, yeah. but the, you know, the, the nuance and the aspects around what that means is the fine tooth comb and that you go mm -hmm. through to find that, like, get really clear with what that means with gut health. Like, is it part of, is FODMAPs included and, and what aspect of gut health and what's the solution that you provide? So if you could walk us through even briefly your process of knowing it was gut health to then getting deeper and deeper if we were to look at how you came about where you are today and how you run your business. Oh God. <laughs> Let's, I guess like, here's like the synopsis of how I came to be like a really quick one. So leap again was, I was introduced in undergrad along with intuitive eating. When I became a dietitian, the first certification, cause I know like many of us dietitians feel like we, we never have enough education. So I got quite a few and this kind of all blends to how I am approaching gut health today. So after becoming a dietitian, I became a certified intuitive eating, is that what it's called? Intuitive eating specialist. I forget the official title. Yep. And studied under Evelyn Triboli, which is, she's oh my God, so amazing. Loved it. And did that because early on too, I also recognized like how dumb diets are and how useless they were for people. And for long term. And that's kind of always something I've been into is like, what can we do for the long term? And so intuitive eating was something that was really powerful for me. And so I did that. And then again, felt like I didn't know enough and went back for another certification in health coaching, which I think was really good for me though, because I knew early on, I didn't want to work in a hospital setting, but I also knew people needed something over sessions. Like nothing can be accomplished in one session. And, you know, but then again, I, I did, I did like one off sessions and that was important for me to realize like, Hey, helping these guys, like nothing, nothing, you know, is being accomplished for them. And so health coaching kind of gave me those tools to help people facilitate their own change. And so that was important to me. And then I did leap around the same time, actually before I did health coaching, and saw how powerful leap was. And I was like, and I did it on myself. And I was like, oh my God, this is why I don't like broccoli or bell pepper because I kind of instinctively knew like if I ate too much of this, some, you know, my stomach is gonna, gonna pay, not pay, actually bell pepper makes me constipated. So now you guys get to know a little fun fact about Amanda and her digestive system today. There you go. <laughs> and so I did that. And then, oh my gosh, an another certification that I did that I don't really tell a lot of people about because I don't feel smart enough still, is I did culinary genomics. Wow. Amanda Archibald, who is freaking rock star. She's so, so smart with the biochemistry. But why I started training with her is because I saw this gap with helping people with food. But when they go home, how are they going to make that food? 
how are they going to prep that food? How are they going to incorporate that food into their daily life? Which is a lot of what I do with Leap. And I don't just give people a list of food and be like, here you go. You know, helping people find tools to make that realistic. And then the culinary genomics is, oh my God, so much biochemistry, but so fascinating. And I think that's where nutrition is heading towards. So I did that in addition to this. And I, oh my God, I forgot about the other one. I did integrative and functional nutrition with IFNA. Okay. <laughs> and that was, again, the gut health piece of learning all of that and recognizing all of these other different things. Fascinating. I, I'm going, I, I'm stopped, by the way. That was my last certification that I did, which is <laughs> insane. I don't even remember the question, I think, for how I got here. So I guess how I got here is I did all of these things, uh-huh. took pieces that really resonated with me and has formed how I approach working with my clients and making life easy for them as easy as it can be when you make food changes, which honestly isn't very easy. Yeah, that's great. And I love that you've invested in your craft and that you've allowed yourself to pivot and dive deep. Well, not, not pivot, but really get in touch with what aspects you find the most that you connect with the most. And I know you're recently going into the Reiki route, which I want to talk yeah. about in a minute, which is, it's just, I see that as a deeper level of what mm-hmm. you're doing. So you're, the way I see you is you're yeah. in gut health and I know you have the certifications, which is great, but as you you know, continue as a brand and as a business, you just keep getting deeper and deeper and in, into what it is that you do and yeah. how you come across to your audience, which is what ideally all of us would do if we're taking our craft seriously. So we are, you yeah. know, I, I see Amanda as evolving in her business. That's a good so, word. Yeah. And I'm so yeah. curious to, to hear about that process. And again, of course, I want to hear about the focus of Instagram and how you've evolved in that platform over the year and how you used to approach it and how you approach it now. And yeah. then that discussion combined with how you're adding Reiki into your practice. So it's, it's all, I just want to kind of hear about that. Yeah. So I think a good way to kind of approach that is when you had Dawn on, on your podcast and you guys talked about like finding your joy and I had sent her a message on Instagram, I DM'd her and I was like, this really spoke to me. Like, and it spoke to me and it still speaks to me because I think the evolving process is searching for what lights me up the most. And when I'm lit up, I know I can light other people up when I'm all the way in it. I know I can help other people because I truly, truly believe what I'm doing. And so this evolvement has been just a process in finding the joy and finding what lights me up. And so working with gut health. So about a year ago, um, when I had started working with you, kind of narrowing it down, I was also, I had met somebody at a conference that I went to who did Reiki. And I was like, that was probably my my first official, I've heard of Reiki before, but I'd never really done it. And so that was kind of my first time really doing Reiki. And it was really powerful me, like the energy shift that I felt. And so I was doing Reiki just as, as like a person throughout this past year. And each time I did it, I just felt lighter. I felt more in alignment, which is like my 2019 slash 2020 word is fine. You know, alignment. I think that's That's still what I'm looking for is I feel like, I think I said this on Instagram the other day, but I was like, I feel like I'm on the right track. Like if a train track, I just don't know where my train is going quite yet. And I think that's part of the evolving. Like I know I'm on the right direction, but I'm still not sure where I'm landing. And that's fine. So for all the people that feel like they're 
they're there, but they're not, like, it's okay. (laughs) And so doing Reiki was really powerful. And that's why I decided to do a certification in it so I could offer it. Because one thing that I noticed working with my gut health clients is it's not just recognizing what foods feed their gut, but recognizing that emotional connection we have with listening to our gut and staying in alignment with what we're doing. And then this also still fits in with mindful and intuitive eating because it's also like being mindful of how we feel, both how food makes us feel and how our emotions make us feel. And I noticed for a lot of my clients, stress, the first thing that impacts them is their gut. And they were kind of almost predisposed to having gut issues. And then when they're stressed, it makes them worse. And so I found that Reiki was really powerful with me in stress relief and just feeling lighter and better. And so I was actually very nervous about doing Reiki because I thought, oh my God, people are going to think I'm weird as a dietitian. No one's going to take me seriously. And I was like, screw it. You know, I, I find it really powerful. I know it can be helpful for my clients. And so that's when I kind of dived into Reiki. And so that's still very new for me. <laughs> yeah. And is that something that you are incorporating with your Instagram yeah. messaging or is that kind of like still new on the alignment path with how that's being incorporated with your brand? So it's going to start being, I think, incorporated into my Instagram messaging. I feel like I've started to alluding to it, especially with the story that I wrote, uh, I did yesterday. I'll probably put it in my highlights for people to catch it. So it's going to start being incorporated into not just my services, but also with my messaging on Instagram, listening to your gut and recognizing that connection. So it will definitely be, and you've seen how my Instagram has evolved from where I was to where I am today. That's a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about how you used to approach Instagram and how you approach it now as your message has become evolved and aligned to where it is now and some of the benefits you've been able to receive from that. Yeah. So I can talk about a quick benefit so that people know this works. I was going to say a bad word, but to know this works. So I was telling Libby before we started the call that I had a potential client schedule a call with me because she saw me on Instagram. So one of the posts that I had on Instagram was actually a feature post. And that feature post was recognized by an author, a blogger for well and good. And that person talked about me. I had no idea. And honestly, the only reason I know I was in this well and good article was because I have a Google alert on my name, which I highly suggest people do because you might never know these things happen because they don't necessarily tell you. And so had the Google alert and I was like, what is this? I was literally eating a sandwich when I saw this. I was like, oh my God, how cool is that? And a client had scheduled a call with me because she saw me on well and good and she saw my Instagram And because I put my uh, location in my Instagram posts, she's like, oh, she's near me. And so I might have a potential client. That's one example where I've had clients reach out to me from Instagram. So yeah, it's pretty cool. That's incredible. Yeah, it's really, really great to be able to have success from spreading your message. So it's it's possible for all you listening to have your your posts, you know, be be shared and shown and have Mm -hmm. that give you attention, generate leads from their sales. So I I really like that story. What about the back-end process? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've had a lot of people reach out to me about that too. (laughs) Like the creation? So not only that, and I, um, yes, and I know when we first started, Mm -hmm. you were, did not like the idea of planning ahead and you, you know, 
so let's talk a little bit about how you approach it from a system standpoint. Okay. So, so yes, the idea of like design definitely, but also like your process about how you treat Instagram as a business tool. And I would say business tool is some premeditation. Yes. And the premeditation, to be honest with you, something I still don't like. And when I had first started working with you, Libby, and I'll tell everybody, like I didn't plan anything. It was not at all. There was no consistent messaging. It was just like, oh, this is a pretty picture. I'm going to snap a picture and post it. And that was the extent of the thought that I put into my Instagram. So that had changed. And so when I started working with you, Libby, like I was narrowing down my messaging and now it's even better. So on the back end, I think when I had stopped working with you, I had a couple months like kind of planned ahead, which is huge huge, huge, huge. And I'm kind of sad to say I haven't planned that many months ahead again, (laughs) but I am planning ahead and I am putting thought in, into the posts I'm doing, which is something I had never done. So it's not easy, but I will say that like batching has been helpful and something I'm still struggling with is like, okay, sit down for this hour and, you know, create posts And so from the systems, like, okay, what posts am I going to create, which is the internal question is always driven by what my clients tell me. They're like asking me outright, like, can you create something around this topic? Or it's something they're consistently telling me that they're not necessarily asking about, but a common theme that I see. I really like that. Um, I would call that market research. So paying attention to what your clients are saying that they either are directly asking you to address or common themes that come up that Amanda in this instance is incorporating into her messaging. Do you have tips though for, for the listeners who don't yet have clients and they're in maybe a, like an, an earlier stage and yeah. they want to create relevant content, but they're feeling a little insecure because they don't have the clientele to drive that market research? And I still feel kind of that way, uh, honestly. And so a lot of what I did is Facebook groups. So I went into different Facebook groups who had, were like my ideal client and would just read through the things, the questions they asked there and use that to help guide me. So even if you don't have a client, there's people out there who have those concerns. So I think Facebook groups is a really, really good place to start or looking at hashtags and seeing who marked a hashtag who might look like an ideal client for you and see what they're posting about. I agree. Those are great tips. Uh, when I first started, I went through like RD chat dietitian and, and I started featuring posts from other dietitians. I mean, it was, <laughs> that's, that's how I started my Instagram and I didn't have dietitian clients when I first started, I, you know, built my audience. So I think it really can be as simple for those of you listening who don't yet have clients. It can be as simple as going through hashtags related to what you have in mind. And absolutely those Facebook groups are a great way to really engage in those conversation threads. Um, So that's helpful advice. And I don't stop this market research process either. So I think it's important to continue this, uh, whether you do or don't have clients. But if you don't, then if you don't have clients and have those stories that Amanda's talking about, you do need to have other mechanisms and and systems in place for you to generate those content because creating consistent content is what's going to help you be relevant. And that's how Amanda was able to get featured. And that's how you're able to keep engagement. So it's really important that you have a content strategy in place. I will also say a big strategy that has helped me grow 
is reaching out to other people who did similar things to me. That's something I've been consistently doing is reaching out to other dietitians, but also reaching out to people who aren't dietitians, I think can almost sometimes be more powerful. I'm like shifty eyes. You guys can't see me, but like, I think it could, because those are people outside of people. You probably, their audience is someone you might not have necessarily gotten to. So reaching out and connecting with people, any somewhat similar to you, I think is, has been really powerful for me. And I think can be really powerful for you as a listener. I, and that is absolutely one of your many strengths is you're very good at doing that. I've seen you, you know, collaborate with like-minded professionals, maybe they're therapists or practitioners, Mm -hmm. or I think physical therapists and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of dietitians are scared to do that, or they just don't know. But for those of you listening, like that's a really great way for you to not only build your brand, but get a little bit more clarity around what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So any other tips as far as for those, those listening who are scared to do that, I mean, is it as easy as you just building rapport via DM or is there any other kind of big tip you would, or insights you would have about, about that? Yeah. Lose being scared. <laughs> if you're scared, just lose it. Honestly, I'm, I'm just going straight up. <laughs> DMs, it all happens in the DMs. So just slide into someone's DMs. And I find it really powerful when you send them a voice message or a video message. So it's not so weird. Although it is kind of weird to do a video message, but I get, I got over that pretty quickly. And so don't be nervous about messaging people because it, even though social media brings us a lot together, it can also be isolating. So whenever someone sends me a message, like, thank you, that was so helpful. I'll always like send them a video message or um, I'll try to send an audio message. Like, thank you so much for telling me that because it's nice to hear. So don't be nervous about DMing people connect with people that you already know, like the physical therapist you mentioned. She was a physical therapist and still is in my office. And we collaborated to do a video series about pooping because she's a pelvic floor physical therapist. Mm -hmm. And I actually got in a client because of that collaboration we did. So again, like just use the resources you have and just start talking and connecting with people. Great story and great segue to the next question. I wanted to talk about your involvement with Nutrition Entrepreneur and suggestions that you might have for dietitians who want to get involved in DPG, specifically maybe any, or you could talk a little bit about your role with that, what you see, what you'd like dietitians to do, and how getting involved with NE can help you as a dietitian maybe break through some of the fear and what opportunities I know Fancy's coming up. Um, yeah. So, yeah. If, if you could just speak a little bit about that, because I think that's a great way for, for dietitians mm-hmm. to build more community yeah. and collaborate. Totally. Nutrition Entrepreneurs has been a game changer for me, even when I was a student. Um, shout out to Wendy Jo Peterson, who I always shout out every time because she was the reason why I joined Nutrition Entrepreneurs. And I had met her in undergraduate studies. She's in San Diego now. And mm-hmm. So it it almost ties into it not being scared to ask questions because I have been involved with nutrition entrepreneurs, but before that I was involved with my local district of A&D and I was part of the Orange County district. So I'm in California and my involvement literally started with an email question to the president, like, Hey, I'm a student. I want to get more involved. How can I do that? And I became the student rep. It was that easy and that simple, but it would have never happened unless I asked. So again, like, don't be scared to ask. And my involvement started there. I even became the president of Orange County. 
at one time. And so that was really cool. And then after that, I transitioned into nutrition entrepreneurs. And so I'm currently the secretary of nutrition entrepreneurs. This is my last year. So I think, I don't know if elections are coming up, but yeah, my position is going to be open so you can run for it. And it's been really powerful to surround yourself with people who are doing what you want to do. And so I think that's really important is having a people around you that are doing better than you or at the level that you wanted, like, this is where I want to go because it pushes you. And I think that's what nutrition entrepreneurs is. These women and men are so amazing at what they're doing and doing things that I want to do and being surrounded with those like-minded people have been really, really helpful with me pushing myself in my own career. And so nutrition entrepreneurs is, oh my God, it's amazing. So many webinars, just a whole plug for nutrition entrepreneurs join us. Yeah, I I think it's another avenue for those of you listening to look into. And yeah, I'm a fan of their webinars as well. And I do think that it's also a great way for you listening Mm -hmm. to engage and participate so that you can strengthen your skills and feel more confident with collaboration. And I I love your story too, Amanda, how you said you linked up with the the physical therapist, you did a Mm -hmm. series and that got you a client. And Although not every collaboration might lead to a sale, collaborations are a way for you to network and decrease your fear so that you can expand your message and your referral network. And I think that doing anything you can as a dietitian to improve those skills is really helpful. In addition to the DM strategy that Amanda's talking about, whether it's in person like Fancy or if you have something local, or I know like with any nutrition entrepreneur, they have like there's online like webinars and opportunities that, that you can do from all over the world. Um, so I think it's really good to take advantage of that as soon as possible to improve your skills and have enough courage to be consistent and absolutely be around people who are doing things you want to do and some of them are above you. And, and I think that's really good for motivation. Yeah. And also too, I will say like the more you collab, the more you build like that with like no trust factor. Is that what it's like? Yeah. Yep, no like like and trust. Yep. Yes. And so you can even have refer, you know, content that you can give potential clients like, Hey, check out this stuff that I did to make them more comfortable with, you know, like, okay, this is, this is the dietitian I want to work with. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Really, really helpful. Any other final notes or words you want to leave us with today? This has been such a, you know, tip filled episode of storytelling (laughs) and some great things for, for the listeners to take away with DM strategy, evolution, you know, collaboration, all of that stuff, like really helpful. Yeah. I think maybe a good tip might be, it's okay to not know where you're going just to keep pushing and don't be scared. And it, I remember feeling like weird when I was on the street making my first Instagram story. Like, oh my God, people are staring at me thinking I'm weird, talking to myself on my phone. Nobody cares. Just do it. They love seeing you. So just dive into it, do something and and learn from it and take what works and use it. And then if it doesn't work, that's just a way, you know, a route, you know, not to go down. So something's better than nothing. Love it. All right. <laughs> final, final note, make sure to find Amanda at guthealth.nutritionist on Instagram. Send her a DM because she loves them. Maybe yeah. you can even do a voice or a video uh, DM just to let her yeah. know. That you're attention to today's with me. Yes, exactly. All right. Thank you so much for, for joining today's episode. Thank you for joining today's episode. If you'd love to learn more about how to 
get leads online and turn prospective customers into clients. Apply for my coaching. I still have a wait list. Go ahead and visit LibbyRothschild.com. That's www.LibbyRothschild.com. Go under signature service and apply for my wait list.